Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast, my favorite podcast. I think it might be Jared's, too. I don't know what he said. I, I would say so. Okay, yeah. cool. The Royal Strong and True Podcast, the best BYU sports podcast out there. We have a very special episode for you guys this week. We got some car cleaning that we need to take care of. Of course. Dan's still not back, so we're still living out of the car. It's getting kind of stinky in here. Uh, we got a tearful apology coming. We got a thank you, and we got a lot of football talk. Now, this is our favorite part of the year when we just get to talk football, so let's just get straight to it. Let's boo. We're at a waterfall, dude. Alrighty, welcome back everybody. Let's get started, shall we? Let's get some car cleaning going. Everybody grab your uh, oil pumps, oh. your car jacks, okay, and that four way thingy with the wrench at one end and the little circles that you okay. screw on the bolts with. Yeah. Do you know what that's called? I, I have no clue what it's called. My dad's probably really disappointed in me right now. <laughs> but you know, you, you take the the lug nuts off the tire with it. Exactly. Yeah, that exa- thing. Yeah. Exactly. Lug nut wrench maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Sure. Cross thingy car lug nut remover. Absolutely. And your gas cap. Yep. Can't leave it on don't the top for, of the yeah. car. Don't forget off. about that. That's, that's, that's bad news. Bad news. Mm-hmm. All right. Kevin and Carney. If you know, you know. All right, let's get started. Um, Kalani Satake announced eight hires, actually, for the football staff, which is big news because in order to become a Power 5 program, we've always said BYU staff needs to increase exponentially. Mm-hmm. This is huge news. We have heard, you know, we, we've heard Tom Homo and Kalani Satake say for like months now, it's an unprecedented deal <laughs> to make the football program better, invest more money. But we haven't seen squat. But now... We're seeing real investment in the program. Eight new hires, well, three of them were promotions, but that means they created five new positions on the BYU football staff in order to improve the team, and they're paying each of these people a good enough amount of income to want to come. That is incredible. I absolutely love this announcement. I love it too. It definitely feels like we're taking a step forward. If if only just a first step, we're still moving towards that P5 status, oh, competing at a bigger level. You know what my favorite part about this is? What? How nonchalant Kalani Satake is about it, saying, yeah, it's nice, but we want more. True. He's saying, this is not enough. We're not satisfied with this. I think he's sending a message to Tom Holmo and the rest <laughs> of the staff, like, we're investing, and you're going to invest in this program <laughs> if you want it to be, you know, because let, let's be honest, the Power Five is going to split off in within the next decade, probably. Probably. BYU wants to be on the positive side of that split. Maybe, at least Kalani does. Does our administration want us to be on that side of the split? That's another debate to have. But Kalani wants more investment. I love seeing that dedication from him for the program. Absolutely. Uh, you can find the full list of hires on like BYU Twitter, uh, the BYUcougars.com webpage. Mm-hmm. Next up, Ryan Rikau is holding punting and kicking lessons over the summer. Uh, so reach out on Twitter if you want to learn. I'm talking to my sister Katie right now. Oh. Very good at soccer. Katie. I you should take some football kicking classes, go play on the football team. That would be dope. That'd be pretty cool. It's very uh, older brotherly right there, <laughs> but that would be dope. So yeah. reach out. That'd be awesome. Can I sign up? I, I know like I'm just a washed up college student, but maybe I can try out for the USFL or something. Dude, that would be sick when the XFL comes back. Dude, put me on the Los Angeles Wildcats as the place kicker. <laughs> I'll be Mr. 30, just like PFT is for the for the Washington Commanders. Yeah, absolutely. Give it to me. Let's do it. <laughs> Or what? No, not Washington Commanders. DC. The DC Defenders. Defenders. I can't believe I disrespected the DC it's Defenders. Right. Comparing them to that other league. <laughs> what even is that league? I, I mean, I guess we're gonna talk about we're, that. We'll get later. to it a little bit. But later. not right now, because right now we're gonna talk about a very rough and tough sport. The sport of rugby. Yes. Uh, like that one quote from Forever Strong. It's like, is it, what, what, what is it? He's like, I he's forgot like, about that for movie. sissies. Footballs for girls. Rugby's for men. I forgot about that movie. I like. I feel like that's a mo- that's a movie that like every forgive my French Mormon kid has seen. Or that, absolutely, probably like watched like fifteen times. Like, oh yeah. during their childhood. I loved that show as a kid. Well, shout out to BYU women's rugby who went to the national championship, played Virginia Tech, and defeated them. Now get this, eighty to seven. <laughs> eighty. 
2-7. They squampused the Hokies. It was ugly. It was a beatdown. Shout out to our women's rugby team for absolutely shellacking that BYU, uh, sorry, that and that women's Division One rugby title. That is absolutely disgusting. I don't care what sport you're playing. If the score is 80-7, to that's pretty bad. It's gross. And that was for the national championship, correct? Yes, it was. So they are national champions. We are the champions, right? Division one, baby. I don't think they're NCAA, just like the men's rugby team that isn't NCAA. Yeah, it's like, but, but like a club team, but still, still national champs. National champs, baby. Now let's talk about something that isn't quite as exciting. Oh, uh, no. It's kind of strange. We've sung many times. The Marriott Center is falling down, falling down. Falling down, the Marriott Center is falling down. I don't uh, remember, remember the, the last lines. <laughs> Seneca Knight has entered the transfer portal. What do you think about it? <laughs> Where's the panic button? <laughs> I need to smash it right now. I'm done. I don't, I, this is the like the last straw. We have, what, four or five returning players that played more than like a minute a game? I... Wh- I, I, I'm speechless. Hear me out. Okay. I'm going to play devil's advocate like I always do with okay. basketball stuff. Last year's team. Okay. Would we want that team? Would we want that team returning going into the Big 12? Absolutely not. How many games does this team win in the Big 12? Maybe two. If that. If that. So I do not have a problem with the roster imploding, especially Seneca Knight. He was brought in to be a scorer, but he just seemed like he was lifeless when he got here. The pro. That's true. Seemed like he true. didn't want to be here. Videos of other people like having fun in the locker room, and Seneca Knight was just kind of standing in the corner, like all somber and whatever. I'm not sure what he was going through while he was here. Maybe it wasn't anything. Maybe that's just like his natural face. Maybe he has, sorry again, part of my French RBF, you know, <laughs> something like that. But um, I don't know. Hopefully he he does well wherever else he goes because. Let's be honest here, he wasn't that much of a contributor. Yeah, if we're being honest, he wasn't. I think my biggest problem is that we just have zero returning experience. Yeah, that's And fair. there's only one year until we go into the Big 12. I Like, if this would have happened, like, maybe this year, right? Like, we go into the Big 12, and then all of a sudden people transfer out in October. Whatever, I don't care, you know. It wouldn't have been a, such a big problem, but because we need to put together a team and have leadership going into the Big 12 so fast, and we got nothing, hmm. that worries me a sure. lot. I think Mark Pope has a lot of faith in this incoming RM class. I think he does. Is it for good reason? We'll find out. We will see. I think he has faith in at least Spencer Johnson and Trevin Nell to step up and be leaders. at the very Maybe not leading scores, but emotional team leaders. Right, right. And then Foose and Atiki to handle their business. So... There's only one way to find out what happens. Just keep watching and see if the dumpster fire puts itself out. Should we just bury it again? Bury just it. put the basketball heads in the sand until November? It's football season. Okay. It's football season. That's, that's all you need to know. It's football season. <laughs> Let's do that. Uh, talking of football season, we had actually an announcement that is fairly interesting. Yeah. So, Baylor football, we play them in our home opener. They kind of smacked us in the mouth. <clears throat> That's putting it lightly. Last year, not this year. This year, we're going to smack them in the mouth. Absolutely. Uh, But their starting quarterback was named, and it is not Gary Jerry Bohannon. Gary. Gary? Uh, Gary Bohannon, it is not him. It's Blake Shapin. And I heard a lot of Cougar fans saying, oh, yeah, this this makes it a cupcake game, blah, blah, blah. Are you dumb? Are you kidding me? Are you... (laughs) Did you not watch Baylor? So... For a little bit of context, Gary Bohannon got injured uh, in the ninth game of the season. The last three games were played by Blake Shapin. And just listen to these stats. Um, Blake Shapin stepped in the last two games of the regular season and the Big 12 championship game. Won all three games. Mm-hmm. Had a 5-0 to zero touchdown to, to interception ratio. Uh-huh. And in the Big 10 championship game against... One of the top five defenses in the nation. Mm-hmm. He went 23 of 28 with three touchdowns and threw no picks and mm-hmm. led Baylor to a conference championship win. Baylor did not win because of Gary Bohannon last year. They won in spite of Gary Bohannon. That rushing attack carried that team. Absolutely. Blake Shapin is a dude. He <laughs> is that guy. Yes. And he he's good. Yeah. Baylor's got good receivers. Honestly, Baylor's had a lot of turnover this year too. 
But I just want to give a quick shout-out to Dave Aranda for making the quarterback decision before the May 1st transfer deadline. I'm going to get more on that a little bit later. But you have to enter the transfer portal by May 1st. A lot of coaches do not announce their starting quarterback until after May 1st so that their guys don't transfer out and so that they have better depth. Gary Bohannon, a fifth-year guy who this is his last year to play, Dave Aranda told him before the deadline so that he could get into the portal and go somewhere where he could go play. Dave Aranda, class act. That is classy. That is not something that you see nowadays in college football, especially at the highest level. Uh, One last thing on Blake Shapin. He reminds me of Bryce Petty. Do you remember Bryce Petty when he played for Baylor against Michigan State in the 2014 Cotton Bowl and threw for like 500 yards and five touchdowns? That's who he reminds me of. Just ice in his veins, little white guy with the mullet that could have played baseball. Is very good. Hear me out. Okay. He is going to have the type of game in Lavelle Edwards Stadium that Armstrong had in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Let's go. He's going to come off. Their first game of the year is a cupcake. I'm not sure who it is. Kind of forgot. But we are their second game. Our first game is against USF, which should be a cupcake, hopefully. Uh, we don't know. You never know with us. It's not quite Albany. Yeah, their, their first game is Albany. <laughs> Maybe it's going to be his first time seeing a secondary. Maybe he's going to go all Sam Darnold, start seeing ghosts. Ooh, let's, the ghost of Lavelle Edwards. Let's go. <laughs> Let, let's hope and pray. All right. Well, uh, either way, just hearing that news got me excited. Yeah, for football season. Heck yeah. I'm extremely excited. Here we are conspiracy theorizing about players that we didn't really even watch that much of last year. <laughs> we just like follow the stats and like we we you know obviously we do our research before the show, but like we had to dive deep into this because it's not like we had extensive notes on how Blake Shapin plays, you know. Right. This is incredible. I love it. This is fun. I I'm so excited. Unfortunately, we still have more than 100 days. I can't remember what it is. Like 110 days, 120 something like that. Who knows? It's like BYU's, three or four months. BYU's first game is September 3rd. I want to say so. Yes, September, September 3rd. September 3rd. So, count down to September 3rd. Yep. Get it started. Get it in your phones. Um, unfortunately, there are NBA. Do you, do you know what the NBA is? It's like the National Basket Weaving Association. Something like that. That yeah. sounds pretty entertaining. It's kind of like wrestling, uh-huh. but, but it's basketball. Like wrestling, wrestling, like Olympic wrestling, like, like or WWE, w- like oh. exactly, it's like good guys and villains, and it's all scripted, and you know, it, anyway, it's like some people think it's exciting for me. NBA, more like NB, get out the way. <laughs> got him. Anyway, <laughs> the Utah Jazz are playing in the playoffs right now. Now, let me tell you, <clears throat> we're. Were yes, good distinction. The so the Jazz. Uh, I have lived in Utah most of my life. I consider myself a Jazz fan, albeit probably, actually, definitely a bandwagon Jazz fan. Yeah, more of a Cleveland fan. Uh, sure. I <laughs> uh, couldn't tell you one person is in the Cavs right now. Um. Anyway, the Jazz in the playoffs last year. I got super into the NBA playoffs. That's before I listened to the Whistleblower podcast. Ooh. And it changed how I view basketball. It kind of was just like confirmed what I already thought about it. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Right. That's, that's a different discussion for a different day. Um, so I turn on game six of the of the thing. Jazz are down, what was it, 3-2 at that point? Or, yeah, 3-2. And they needed to win at home in order to go. And I'm thinking last year I was super into the Jazz. They had like the best record in the NBA. They... Uh, had the series against the Clippers and they were up 3-1 to one, and then they blew it and lost or something. I can't yeah. remember. Mm-hmm. But this NBA season, I decided not to invest myself in the Jazz. I turn on game six, see they're up at 12 at halftime and I just chuckled to myself saying, I know what's coming. End up, they lose by two. Bogey had the most wide open three-pointer you ever could have hoped for. Back ironed it like a church ball player. Like me when I try and go play with no legs. But I feel fine. That's the that's the best part is that I feel fine about this because I, I wasn't invested. Hey, man, at least Bogey didn't Dalton Nixon it. At least he took the shot. <laughs> at least he took the shot. At least he took the shot. <laughs> love you, Dalton Nixon. I love you so much. Uh, to be honest, recently, I haven't followed the NBA at all. I don't really care about it either. I grew up a Mavericks fan, yes, even before the first title. Okay. So just because my brother was a Mavericks fan, I don't even know why he was. None of us have any ties to Texas <laughs> at all whatsoever. I guess now my, my wife's family lives there, so I guess that's my tie. 
so I guess suck it, Jazz. Sure. Mavericks won. Uh, Golden State's probably winning it all anyway. Oh, and uh, the Nets, the super team, with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. They got swept. <laughs> the only team in the NBA playoffs not to win a game. <laughs> that makes me so happy. That's hilarious. I love it. Poetic it justice. Just proves that there is still a, at least an inkling of a team sport in there. <laughs> a little bit. I, I love that. That is poetic justice. Uh, Justin, you have some fun facts for us, right? Two fun facts. Let's let's hear them. Let's hope they're fun. Let's not forget about Olympic sports. They are sports. They are definitely sports. Except for baseball. Not, not, That's not, not a sport. Olympic. Is it? Is it baseball Olympics? It was a little bit ago. I think they took it out. Okay. I don't know. It's not a sport. It's past Not time. a sport. BYU's javelin team is currently ranked number one in the country. Oh, and isn't the uh, the leading girl on the team? I feel like she's number two in like the world or the country or something, right? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, seven. that's that's incredible. Our track and field teams, like you said, the Olympic sports, they're kicking booty right now. Now, you want to hear about some more booty kicking in the Olympic sports? Absolutely. A little fun fact: Anna Hart. Dolita Awala Shah, Adobai Tabuga. Oh, I'm sorry. I really should have researched how to say that name before I said that. Uh, Adoboy uh, Tabugabo and Tay Raymond set a 4x100 record for BYU with a time of 44.68 seconds. That's fast. That is extremely fast. So That's like Olympic fast. If I understand this, yeah, they each ran like a 100 meter sprint in a relay in like 11 seconds 11 seconds that's incredible yeah how long do you think it would take you to run 100 meters probably 22 at least at the very least (laughs) (laughs) i agree that i and that's if i'd warmed up and gotten my pre-runs in for the for a week and a half before yeah wow that's incredible that is absolutely insane dude Talk about BYU sports, right? Like, maybe not basketball, but <laughs> women's rugby, men's lacrosse, the Olympic sports. We're killing it right we're now. We're killing it, dude. And I heard the softball team won 20 to 1 the other day. Holy cow. <laughs> our softball team is actually good, but people go to the baseball games for some reason, and our I, baseball team is Our baseball doo-doo. team sucks. They're like seventh in the WCC. Yeah. It's worse than basketball. Yeah. That's saying something. Yeah, I don't know what we're going to do in Big 12. <laughs> Uh, honestly, I don't care. Baseball's not even a sport. Why are we talking about we a talk- sports podcast? <laughs> Let's talk about a real sport, the realest of the sports, oh, no. other than college football. The course, United States Football League. Jared, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I can understand. That is a valid emotion, given the weekend. The uh, Gamblers and the Bandits played. Mm-hmm. My Bandits coming up victorious. One-point victory on an ice-in-the-veins field goal with about 11 seconds left. Justin, how are you feeling though? How how are you taking this loss? Um, awful, <laughs> absolutely awful. We were up by nine, up by <laughs> nine in the fourth quarter. We gave up ten unanswered points in the fourth quarter. I can't believe this. That's rough. I just I, that's <laughs> the second consecutive week that we've choked away a lead. That's that's tough. That's tough. I'm not gonna paint a different picture. That is tough. Uh. Don't not not to worry though. Not to worry. Next week you get the Breakers. Oh frick. Frick <laughs> me. Breakers also had a rough week. Sorry, Dan. You know, I'm I'm I don't know if they had it on the in the local market on the TV in India or whatnot. Probably. But the Breakers lost their first game of the season to Birmingham, who is now three and after projected to be last in the league. They're the only undefeated team in the USFL. Mm-hmm. They play a nasty brand of football, I'll tell you. That defense, Scooby Wright. They fly around, man. Home field advantage. Uh, also, Pittsburgh, the Maulers, with the most disgusting uniforms on the planet. They suck. They got shut out 24-0 against the Panthers of all teams, the second worst team in the USFL. I'm telling you, they're cursed because they cut that guy over ordering pizza. They have to be. They're cursed. They have to be cursed. Uh, but yeah, the USFL is fun. Yeah. I'm enjoying the games. I love it. There, there are some that like aren't super close, but you get at least one per weekend that's like a down-to-the-wire thriller. Yeah. This week, it was Tampa Bay-Houston. Yeah. It's good background television, too. You don't have to be invested in it, watching it the whole time. It's good to just have football on. Exactly. Hear pads hitting, 
hear footballs flying, <laughs> hear announcers that are simultaneously talking over 20 other microphones that are coming into the broadcast. <laughs> it's incredible. Right? And like we, we talk about this in, in college football season that we're just wasted after every Saturday because we're emotionally invested in literally every game yep. that we watch. And mm-hmm. we watch like 18 per weekend. Yeah. But it's nice to have the USFL that's like you can kind of just consume football but just be like, oh, yeah, it's yeah, fun. Yeah, it's fun. You know? Like, oh, my team lost to your team. You know? like, But it's not like we're watching Auburn choke away a 10 nothing victory over Alabama in the final seconds. And then we end up distraught and our night is ruined. <laughs> Honestly, could you imagine if we actually bet on sports? Like, we're, oh we're already watching, like, 18 <laughs> games in one day. Could you imagine if we were betting? We'd, we'd have to increase our three TVs to, like, six. Oh, my gosh. It would be right? insane. It, every time I hear that and, and I hear people say, like, well, betting on sports, like, it makes the games mean more to me. I'm like... I don't need that. I don't need that either. The games already mean too much to me. Like I would literally go on the cardiac arrest. Yeah. I remember watching Utah State, Oregon State in the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl. And I was like <laughs> screaming at the television. And my sister's trying to have a Christmas party upstairs. And she comes downstairs and is like, what are you doing? And my mom's like, Jared, stop cussing. And I was like, this Oregon State tight end does not have to do with the football. <laughs> See, <laughs> this is why we're friends, Jared. Yeah. This is why we're friends. <laughs> Exactly. Well, I can't wait for that that season. It's coming upon us. Uh, Our poor wives. They they we're we're gonna get them something nice. They're troopers. Yeah. They're troopers. Yep. Celestial Kingdom for sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> well, that concludes uh, a 21 minute car cleaning. Yeah, for real. Uh, this episode's gonna be a little bit longer than we intended it to be. I do believe, but that's okay. You know, you guys. Are, I'm sure you guys love to hang out with us. So uh, I love hanging out with you guys. Yeah. So, it's fun. Let's hang out for a little bit. All right. Now, we're real friends, right? Yes. Listeners? Of course. Yeah. Of course. Like, they, I, all know us, they know us intimately. I have to man up, and I have to apologize. I'm sorry for what I have done. Last episode, I said that players had to sign with their teams by May 1st. Transfer players need to sign with their teams by May 1st. I was completely and utterly incorrect. That is not true. Players have to enter the portal by May 1st. Technically, they have to submit their name to the portal process by May 1st. It might take up to 48 hours to process. Gotcha. They can sign with the team anytime they want, just as long as it's before the school's enrollment deadline. Gotcha. So, at this point, we will not see any more players enter the transfer portal. We will still see plenty of names signing. Thank goodness, bless the heavens, that we don't have any more players leaving. I'm, I'm sorry, guys. Justin's uh, eyes are well. I'm really sorry. But I also have to say thank you. Thank you very much. Because some some of you out there, for some reason, unbeknownst to us, blew the heck up out of an episode that we posted in January about Randy Bennett. (laughs) It now has over 250 downloads. We are now... I don't know. Sometimes some Googles work, some Googles don't. But when I Googled Randy Bennett BYU podcast, we were the second result on Google. <laughs> that is absolutely amazing. I cannot thank you guys enough. Our, our downloads in April were up significantly, almost doubled in April. We love you guys. We love this community that we're building. Please help us spread the community more. The best things you can do to make that happen are to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Loyal to Royal Pod. Share our content. Respond to our posts. Rate the episode and make sure to share it with your friends. Send them a link. Yeah. I'm sure they'll enjoy it. Or even because on our Instagram stories or on our posts, we include a link to the show. Just put that on your story. Forget about it. Yeah, it's, it's easy. Tag some people. Exactly. And it works. And it's fun because we love you guys just like you guys love us with that intense, deep love. We love you guys too. I love you guys more then Jared hates the University of Utah and the University of Michigan combined. That is quite a large margin. Yeah. That is a lot of love. That is a lot of love. Justin's heart is like at the end of the Grinch movie when it like bursts the meter. Oh, it's grandiose. Grandiose. <laughs> Two E's. <laughs> All right. Um, the big news this weekend was the NFL draft. Yeah. Correct? We gotta talk about it. We gotta talk about it. Um, honestly, it wasn't like super exciting. Never. I just spent too much time on this. But Tyler Algier 
got tooken, taken, tooken. He got, he got tooked. He got tooked. He got tooked by the Atlanta Falcons in the fifth round of the NFL draft. Yeah. Puts him at pick 151. We kind of projected him as a third of the fifth round pick. We were kind of disappointed to see other running backs that we know are not as good as Tyler Algier Absolutely. get picked first. But they played on the East Coast. They played in the SEC. I- they played in the East Coast. So what are they going to do? Get all the media coverage. And Mel Kuyper is going to say they're a lot better than they actually are because he actually tunes into their games. But pick 151. We're happy that he's going to a team. They have a new QB that they just drafted in Desmond Ritter, too. Oh, yeah, so that's right. It's going to be an interesting process to see them, I don't know, rebuild. Yeah, and they, they did waive their number two running back, who I did the numbers. Patterson, their star, Cordell Patterson, he's actually like pretty good. He's a good yeah, he got forty four and a half percent of running back carries. Mm-hmm. And he's their he's their first and second down guy. Right, right. Davis, Mike Davis, I think his name is. Yes, he was the backup. He got forty percent, which is just barely below. It is just like twenty carries under what their starter got. So they drop him, assuming that Tyler Algier, their only running back they picked up in the draft, will fill that number two spot. So we should see Tyler Algier get a handsome number of carries this year. Yeah, I'm honestly really excited about that. That's really cool. And they, they seem to know what they're doing, and so that's yeah. that's exciting. We'll see. I mean, Atlanta's been both good and bad. They've been a laughing stock because of their, what, what was it, 22-6? and 22 to six? Yes, the choke or, job in the Super Bowl. Choke job in the Super Bowl. Matty Ice. Love Matty Ice. I, I, I don't know. It, it, it's been a weird, weird career for the Falcons the past 20 years, really. Hopefully, Tyler Algier can be on the positive side of that spin and take them back to the Super Bowl and win it. Yeah, that would be awesome. They got Kyle Pitts. Mm-hmm. They got some other good draft picks this year. Yes, I did. I don't know because I don't care. Don't really care either. But you know what? I'm going to watch some Falcons games. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it. We have a lot more games that we're going to have to be watching this year because we had three BYU players get picked up as undrafted free agents. And I'm hoping and praying they all make the final roster. I think they all... Probably can. I mean, James Empey with the Dallas Cowboys. I don't really... I'm not going to pretend. I don't know the situations of these teams, so I have no idea how real of a chance they have. But Samson Nakua and Neil Pau'u, Samson with the Colts and Neil with the Bills, teams seem to be going very wide receiver heavy, yes. both in the draft and mm-hmm. in, in free agent pickups. So I'd say they have a pretty good shot, too. They're going to have yeah. a lot of competition. But they'll also have a chance, and the teams will really have their eyes on them instead of just as like a second or third kind of you know attention grabber. Yeah, for sure, I absolutely agree. I think the guy with the best chance to make the final roster is James Empey. Um, basically, what I'm hearing from all of the analysts is that this was an unusually deep offensive line class. Mm. It hasn't been in years past, but this was a very deep offensive line class. Had James Empey maybe gone in the draft last year. They think he probably would have been a fifth round pick. Interesting. So okay, I think he'll definitely make a roster. Yeah, no, I could definitely see that. Um, now let's talk about our boy Zach because he had a very bad year last year. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Second half of the year was alright. Yeah, second half of the year was much better. I think a lot of it had to do with him both like acclimatizing. Is that acclimating? Yeah. Acclimatizing, whichever. Winterizing. Winterizing. He That's was a Utah word. <laughs> he was winterizing. Uh, to the NFL, obviously, it was very fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Jets have helped him out a butt ton. Yeah, they got Sauce Gardner with yep. the fourth overall pick, which was incredible because the Texans chose Derek Stingley Jr. with the third pick, who like has all sorts of commitment issues, kind of mm-hmm. like Kayvon Thibodeau, you know. Yeah. Um, and then they got Garrett Wilson out of the Ohio State University, who's absolutely nuts. And then they got the running back from Iowa State. And defensive end out of Florida State with their like four first second round picks. So how are you feeling seeing what they've done? How are you feeling about Zach's upcoming season? Sauce Gardner, great pick. Brees Hall should have taken Tyler Algier, but still a good pick. Jermaine Johnson is that guy. He's good. All right. Now, in the immortal words of James Brown. I feel good. I Most draft experts are giving the Jets an A grade. They filled holes, reloaded with weapons, shored up protection for Zach. I don't think they'll contend for a playoff spot this upcoming year, but I do think they'll sniff a winning season, which mm. is something the Jets have not had since the Rex Ryan age. So, <laughs> Which, that's a long time ago, I think. Yeah. I agree. 
the, my only question mark is the O-line. If they can figure out that whole situation, I think they'll be competitive in 14 of their 17 games. Ooh. Which means it'll be a single point deficit most of the game. Okay. And they won't lose by more than three scores in those 14 of 17 games. Especially because Zach Wilson apparently is back with a vengeance this year. All of his teammates say that he's returned back with a certain swagger that he didn't have last year. He broke up with his girlfriend, just went through hot boy summer, <laughs> going through hot boy summer right now, got that chip on his shoulder. He's been in the gym after you know after you do after a bad breakup. It's Zach's <laughs> demon year. I would love to see him just go on a tear. Get ready like, for uh, it. Oh, who was the quarterback just a little while ago that went on a tear the second year? I mean, that was kind of Josh Allen. Josh Allen, yeah. Kind of Patrick Mahomes, too. Patrick Mahomes. Joe Burr. Joe Burrow. That's the one I'm thinking of. Joe Burr. Joe Burr. Can't yeah. forget about Joe Shiesty. <laughs> yeah. The Iceman himself. So, is he going to... Is Are the Jets going to go to the Super Bowl this year? No. Okay. <laughs> no. All right. Well, <laughs> anyway. Let's talk a little bit more about BYU football play... About BYU football... But not former players. Let's talk about the current players. Let's talk about this BYU season that is up and coming. There's a lot of preseason talk going on right now. Let's try to navigate some of the fog. All right. Uh, so there's been actually a lot of talk about yeah. BYU in the preseason. Um, for one, Heather Dinich listed BYU as a playoff sleeper. Utah was also on that list. Yeah. Playoff sleeper. Um, what do you think about that? Is I mean. Given our schedule, it's not... When you take your first look at the schedule, you're like, well, it's all there. Yeah. But being BYU fans, how should true BYU fans with battered fan syndrome, how should we approach this? Now, now this is this is something that I am really kind of thinking about. Like you said, BYU has the schedule. BYU really does have the schedule. Sorry, I'm actually pulling it up right now. <laughs> now, that's an interesting question. I really do think that BYU has the schedule this year, and I think that they are very, very good. I mean, they return a lot of production from last year. They're tied for second place in returning production with 88% of their production coming back. Which, literally, our only production that's leaving... Tyler Algier. Tyler Algier. Literally our only offensive production that's coming back. Most of our defense is coming back. It's going to be an interesting year. And the thing I love about our schedule is we have Baylor, we have Oregon, we have Notre Dame, we have Arkansas. But then we have Boise State at the end of the year. At Boise. We have Stanford at the end of the year, which Tanner McKee is a projected top five quarterback draft pick what? in next year's draft. <laughs> yeah, people are really high on Tanner McKee. So we could finish out the season with a bang and prove that we really are one of the top four teams in the nation without a conference championship game, should we win out? Should we win out? Are we going to the playoff? Yes. Will we win out? Very unlikely. I agree. I think when you look at the schedule, you look at the teams, it's all there. There's the cachet. There's the eye-grabbing victories. There's the top five team beat. You know, like you said, I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think Jaren Hall is going to be able to stay healthy. Um, because, I mean, look at this. <laughs> look at this schedule. Uh, South Florida, you know. They've heard him before. They might do it again. Uh, Baylor, Oregon, Wyoming, Utah State. I, I Wyoming Utah was State, good last the, year. BYU quarterback killers. Exactly. Utah State. Glad that's here, but I, I worry. And then you get Notre Dame, and then Arkansas, and then at Liberty. Liberty is Liberty's nothing feisty. to sneeze at. Exactly. So I, I just don't see it. I think we're going to end up maybe 9 or 10 wins. We'll come back to you with our full preseason projections. But a projection by ESPN had BYU finishing right, or preseason ranked 19th. So if BYU were to end the season 19th, would that be smiley face, straight face, or frowny face? Previously, years past, I probably would have said happy face. Agreed. But this year, I'm going to say frowny face. Ooh. I'm going to say frowny face if we are ranked number 19 at the end of the year. We're going in ranked number 19. We finished last year ranked number 18. Which we should have been top 10, but we completely fell apart in the bowl game. Yeah. Yeah. We are ranked number 18. We are returning 88% of our production. 
that's a lot. We are playing a schedule. While it's not well, this year's schedule is definitely harder than last year's schedule. It's similar. Agreed. It's yeah. similar. We have a lot of Power Five teams. We have some teams that we can beat. We have some teams that are going to be challenges. If we return eighty-eight percent of our production after being a top twenty team in the nation and just scrape by at number nineteen, I'm going to be disappointed. I think this year, if we really are talking about BYU becoming one of the Power Five breakoff programs, an elite program. If Kalani Satake is really putting his money where his mouth is, I think this year is New Year Six or bust. I like that. I really do. I'm going to take one step down from there. Okay. I'm going to say it would be a straight face. Okay. Now, yeah. That, okay. I'll, I'll here's here's my reason, right because I would also be disappointed. Like if we end up 19th, I'll be like, dang, like we could have done so much better. Yeah. But taking a step back and kind of looking at it, like. Back-to-back-to-back, top 25 seasons, Mm -hmm. you know, if we finish with 9 or 10 wins, back-to-back-to-back, you know, 10 win seasons going into the Big 12, that would kind of lift the edges of my my frown up into a straight face. Okay, yeah. But I, too, would have that in me that if you don't make a New Year's Six with all this return of production against this incredible schedule, that's disappointing. Like, that's really disappointing. Yeah. I don't know what to think. Last, I'll, I'll be honest. Last year, we scheduled a lot of Pac-12 teams. Yes. We caught the Pac-12 on a down year. Yes. There's no denying that we did. Arizona State, down. Utah, down initially, and then they switched quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, Arizona, horrid. Yeah, Arizona, absolutely horrid. USC, USC was down. Down. Washington State. I mean, the Washington State was like they were decent. on par with they what they are. Yeah, they, yeah. They, uh, one could argue that Washington State was better than what people might have expected them to be. That's true. I'm interested to see how we're going to do this year versus SEC teams, versus Baylor again, versus teams like Liberty, which we'll get into in in this next segment that we're kind of kind of <laughs> kind of going to talk about. But let's move on from that because you know we don't want to spend too much time on this because we are going to spend a lot of time on this the next episode where we're going to run through the entirety of the BYU 22 2022 football season and give you guys our takes. Yes, and we'll break it down. We'll even go team by team. We'll kind of give some context, storylines, players, schedules, everything. Absolutely. Uh, but we want to finish off this episode with a little talk about our friend. Friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast, recurring guest, BGB. Big the game big game boomer. boomer. Uh, he's released a lot of uh, things lately that uh, <laughs> we want to uh, talk about. Yeah. Do we want to? Should we start at the the bottom? The and, start and work our way up. Let's do it. Uh, like uh, least recent to most recent, I guess. Yeah. Um, so first one, one team that every school is currently scared to play. Mm-hmm. Let's start with BYU. UAB is the team that we are scared to play. Thoughts? Agree? Disagree? Disagree. Okay. I think, you know, you kind of included this in the notes, so like, I don't want to steal your thunder too much. But we're not just scared to play UAB. We're scared to play any decent mid-major team. I 100% agree. We are scared to play any group of five team on the road or at a neutral site. No matter what it is, it could be USF. It could be, what was it, Toledo that we lost to that Toledo, one year? Toledo, Hawaii. It, it could be Hawaii. It could be any number of teams that Utah are mid-major. State. Playing away from our home, especially in our grueling ten games without a bye schedule, I, that's big. BGB, you're not wrong. Yeah, he he's not wrong, but I there's nothing that scares me more. Like we go into a weekend against a good team like USC or against Utah, and we get all hyped. Oh, I'm pumped. But we go into a game against USF at home, and oh, we're like, no. uh, uh. oh no. <laughs> also, shout out on this list. Arizona State most scared to play the NCAA with all their <laughs> allegations going on right now. Love that. Uh, Kansas, nobody. I agree. Not scared to play anyone. Kansas State, FCS schools. Just this. And then Rutgers, themselves. <laughs> and uh, Utah, scared to play BYU. Absolutely true. True. Absolutely true. Didn't schedule us this year because they're crybaby little weenies. Yep, they want to go play some subpar Florida team and then play Southern Utah. Can you, I can count on two fingers the streak, maybe not in wins, but in years. <laughs> two years since the University of Utah has beaten Brigham Young University in football. They're scared. They're scared. They're scared. Weenies. All right. Uh, next one. The top 40 projected blowouts in college football this season. 
At number, what is it? 13. Mm-hmm. We got BYU blowing out Notre Dame in Vegas. <laughs> That's going to be a weird part of the season. We're going to be about halfway through that 10-game streak. I honestly don't think we'll blow them out. That would be a lot of fun. If I go to Vegas oh and just gosh. watch Darren Hall throw for 500 yards on Notre Dame, I would literally piss my pants in the stadium. Could you imagine? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I will count it as a blowout win if we win by more than one. <laughs> Because if we win that game, I'm going to be ecstatic. If we win by, like, a field goal, I'll be like, let's go! Honestly, I believe. I believe. I believe. But some of the other projected blowouts on this list, Alabama blowing out Texas. Like, yeah, duh. Duh, come on. Duh. There's a couple on here that are kind of strange. Yeah? I think the Utah over Oregon one is pretty um, acceptable, I guess. kind of going off last year. Yeah. Yeah. The one that really catches my attention is Fresno State over Boise State. Yeah. I didn't see that one coming. I think he's still really big on Jake Hayner. He's a big Jake Hayner guy. That's true. Uh, he's still low on Clemson, has Notre Dame blowing out Clemson, but he also has Notre Dame getting blown out by Ohio State. So uh, Notre Dame <laughs> getting blown out twice and then blowing someone else out. All right. Also, Texas over West Virginia. I don't think Texas is capable of blowing anyone out. Yeah, no. No, absolutely not. Arkansas over Texas A&M. That's also a very big That's controversial. Reach. Yeah. Yeah, that is quite controversial. Uh, just looking at this graphic though makes me excited for the football season. Oh, I see all these games yeah. like oh, just remembering like the NC State UNC game from last year. Oh my oh goodness! Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! I'm excited to see NC State play. That's one we'll have to get into in the future. But they're projected like college football playoff top ten. We'll get into that. I don't buy it, but I do want to get into it later. Yes, later. Right now we have another big game boomer list that we want. We got two more big, uh, uh, yeah, two more big game boomer lists that we want to hop on. Top twenty-five schools with the best NIL opportunities. Somehow, some way, at number eighteen, BYU. See now, this is really interesting. Just to give some context to the listeners, top five are Texas A&M, Nebraska, Ohio State, Tennessee, and USC. Yeah, sure. Now. Let's kind of look at those teams. I want to look at those teams and kind of draw what he's getting from them. Yeah. Texas A&M, Texas A&M Nebraska, Ohio State. Um, Texas, A&M, Texas A&M and Nebraska, definitely. And Ohio State's definitely up there, maybe not on their level. Like, humongous alumni bases. Yes, yeah. like, alumni bases are just in the huge. millions. And with Tennessee, USC, and Ohio State, they have the same kind of thing. USC definitely has like the Hollywood cachet. Very, very rich alumni, if not, you know, very massive like Nebraska or Texas A&M. So when I look at BYU, we do have a big alumni base. But I think what kind of ties, what gives us this space is that BYU's alumni base is like successful and very friendly to the program like more so than usual there are a lot of alumni that have businesses that are willing to contribute to the university to student athletes at byu yeah our religious affiliation to be honest provides a huge benefit for nil opportunities yeah because there's these guys that are members of the church that want to give back that want to give back to brigham young university that want to help us succeed and excel they're going to give to the school not only do we have, we, we probably will never have the multi-million dollar NIL contracts that are flying out there, right? No. <laughs> but we do have local companies, which is what NIL was supposed to be in the first place. Right. Supporting the heck out of the program. Built Bar, are you kidding me? Giving every walk-on a scholarship? Right. New Skin, are you kidding me? Redoing all of the video <laughs> boards in our stadium? Right. You had Smarty Streets that paid for all the female athletes tuition? Yeah. I mean, we're giving laptops to people. Like, I think we have a very good community that loves Brigham Young University and will support it no matter what. Really, just because of the religious affiliation, right? So, and take it as you will, right? I'm not gonna say that's like right or wrong, but that is definitely good for BYU and BYU athletics. Heck, I grew up in California. Why am I a BYU fan? Cause I'm Mormon. Gosh dang! Cause <laughs> my why did my grandparents meet at Brigham Young University? Why did they go there out of Buena Park, California? Because, gosh dang it, they were counseled to by their bishops. 
and and take it Notre Dame comes in at 14 on the list it's the same thing with them right same thing yep Catholics Notre Dame watch the movie Rudy if you don't understand <laughs> yeah. but honestly Rudy is gospel Rudy they is should gospel. canonize it I love that movie not even mine uh, anyway let's get on to the last and probably at least in my opinion the most juicy mm. of these big game boomer lists succulent <laughs> we have college football helmet tears yeah this is something that I've just I've eaten up and I love just arguing with his his picks about it. Um, let, let's just kind of read off some that are in the top couple of tiers. BYU is tier three. Yeah, tier three out of six. Out of six. Which, Mid-tier. What, what, what would you say about that? Just overall... Navy helmets, tier five, tier six. Okay. Don't like the Navy. I mean, it's a cool look, but still, it's Navy. It's not very original. Anti-Navy podcast. Absolutely. Navy is Utah State's color. Absolutely. And that's why they're tier six as well. <laughs> royal is just a cooler color. It looks better. The white with royal, the royal with white. I think our if we just adopted royal helmets, I think we could make it up to tier two. I think we could too. Uh, another notable one, Utah, all the way down at tier five. Yeah, their helmets are booty. <laughs> they are very booty. Yeah. Let's be honest. Utah does not have strong uniform game. I mean, and tier one, just so you guys have a little bit of a reference, we got Michigan. The iconic Wolverine helmet. As much as I hate it, it is absolutely iconic. You look at that, you know exactly what... It's extremely strong. It's iconic. Very iconic. Ole Miss, Powder Blues. Absolutely. Ohio State, all the Buckeye stickers. That's the same way as Michigan. You see it, absolutely iconic. You know what it is. Oregon, literally, like they spend (laughs) $6 billion a year on new uniforms, so they better be in tier one. Yep. UNC, the Powder Blues... Gorgeous. They're pretty. They're pretty. The plaid, I, the, the checkers, the whatever. UNC and Miami. Miami's also tier one. They're great. They're, they're good. But I don't know if I'd put them in tier one. Miami, definitely not. Right? Miami just has a U on their helmet. It's really not that cool. I guess it's iconic. True. You see it and you know what school it is. That's true. That's true. I feel like that's more of the logo though, right? Because with Ohio State and Michigan, they yeah. have a distinct look to the specific helmets. Whereas with Miami, it's more of just like white helmet, orange green stripes, and the U. So I don't know. And then Texas also not a tier one for me. Tier one Texas? No, not a tier one for me. I feel like they're kind of iconic. I don't think they're that cool looking, but they they kind of have that you see it and you know it factor. The burnt orange is cool. It's an like an iconic color. Not a lot of teams have it. That's true. Uh, it's very yeah. unique. I don't know. Tier two, you got teams like Pitt, Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame should be tier one. Notre Dame should be tier one over Texas all day. Yes. Florida, another iconic helmet, arguably tier one for me. Florida State would be tier one if their colors were prettier. Yeah, that's true. They have it's really cool with the spear and everything. I it's just not pretty. It's not good to look at. Their colors just don't do well for them. Yeah. UCLA. Let's be honest. UCLA, in their Blue, like blue with gold. The, the powder blue with the gold. The powder blue with gold. Like they wear in the game versus USC. Those are arguably the most beautiful uniforms in college athletics. I 100% agree. Even though I do not like UCLA or USC, Pac-12 bias, obviously. Yeah. One of my favorite games all season is watching the USC versus UCLA game because UCLA will wear their gold helmets Powder blue and gold. Oh, it's so And then beautiful. USC wears their like red and yellow. Crimson red. Oh. And it's like the like the USC marching band is walking around in like Trojan uniforms and stuff. Yep. Like it's just the most that's gotta be the most aesthetically pleasing game on television. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's it's gorgeous. And it it's is. like because I think another good one is when Oregon State and Oregon play each other. That's another And they'll good pull one. out like the orange and the yellows or the greens and the orange and blacks. And it's always foggy. It's always foggy and rainy. I, like that one also looks good, but just the way that the USC and UCLA, because they each have two colors, it's not just like monochrome. Ugh. Yeah, with the Rose Bowl backdrop. Yes. It's beautiful. Oh, I miss <laughs> you, college football season. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Anyway, um, others in tier two, LSU, yeah, okay. Boise State, they have some pretty yeah, helmets. They, they got some cool helmets. I'm not and then lie. West Virginia, that's a head scratcher. That's a head scratcher for me too. I don't know. Obviously, we're not going to go through each of the 130 teams on this list, but yeah. just some notable teams in tier six, the bottom tier, <laughs> Western Michigan and Wyoming with the pee pee poo poo colors. I gotta say, 
Wyoming, as bad as they look, that's tier one for me. (laughs) (laughs) Ever since I was a little kid, I've just loved Probably for the potty humor aspect. But it's just funny. It's recognizable. Uh, Utah State. Tier six. Gotta agree with that one. Utah State's got some butt ugly helmets. Yep. I love that Alabama is tier six. Yeah. That's great. Really not that cool. Uh, Penn State is also tier six. I love the most traditional one. Yeah. Like down there. Yeah. I don't know. Penn State's got like an all right helmet. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, like... Yeah, for not, little, not a good time for a lot of these teams. Yeah, just for some context with BYU's, some other teams ranked with them. Washington, Clemson, uh, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Baylor, which kind of fits, right? Because yeah. all these teams don't have like special helmets. They mm-hmm. just have logos on them. Yeah. And that's what BYU's is. They're kind of nice, you know? Yeah. I don't right. know. Yeah. UCF might move up to Tier 2 if they keep doing all their fun stuff with their like, NASA mm. helmets or whatever. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, good time. Good time. Uh, and we'll end on this. I heard some news from the uh, equipment at BYU that they are changing the Royal Helmets. The Royal Helmets debuted in the Arizona game. And they mm-hmm. won a couple times throughout the season. It looks like, as of what we've seen on the inside track, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You got some inside sources on the Royal Strong and True podcast. Mm-hmm. They will not be matte. This year, they will not have a matte finish, the Royal Helmets. Last year, they were matte, very flat look. Mm-hmm. This year, they're going to go for a little bit more of a glossier approach. Okay. Now, it's not going to be glossy like a helmet sticker glossy, and it's okay. not going to be like chrome, like a Memphis chrome, where it's like staring you back in the face. Reflective. It's not going to be a walking mirror. But rather, it's going to be kind of like a metallic, like a car. Kind of okay. like a metallic car yeah. blue that has like the metallic like shavings almost that like okay. reflect underneath the helmet. So huh. should be pretty cool. Interesting. Reminds me of kind of like a classic Boise State, like back from okay. the Fiesta Bowl. That yeah. kind of look. Yeah. So I think it'd be cool. I think it'll look nice. I do have one more thing to add. Let's hear it. Just as I saw this, I have to say it. Tulane's throwback helmets, God tier. Not even tier one. Ooh. Just a whole tier above. With the powder blue and the green and everything. And, and the, the wave, wave with the thing. With the, yeah, with his like loudspeaker <laughs> cheer, thing. Yeah. The cheer squad voice thing. Tulane, just yeah. keep those uniforms. Do away with your ugly new uniforms. Right. Please. Yeah. Anyway, that's the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, thanks for listening. Absolutely. If you listen this far into the podcast, make sure you go on our last Instagram post and comment. Sticky note. Sticky note. Comment sticky note. That's the first thing I saw. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at loyal to royal pod. Share this episode with your friends. We want to get to 200 followers on Instagram. Let's go. So just tag, tag, tag away. We want to grow this community. We know you guys have fun with us. We have fun with you. Let's grow this community. We love you guys. Keep booling. Goodbye now. <laughs>